Hey, remember to subscribe and follow my podcast so when I release a new episode, you get a notification. And follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. I am very active on there. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. Right, where do you see um, cars going? Because there's so many cars on the roads and everything's getting just too hectic and there's like seems to be traffic lights being put in everywhere, roundabouts. There's going to be a point where there's going to be so many traffic lights every so often that there's going to be like no movement and then the more people go on the road the more cars there are the bigger the queue to the point where people are going to start to cycle and scooter like electric scooter so there's going to be bike lanes everywhere where people are scootering as opposed to driving and then there'll be people blocking up cycle lanes so what's your thoughts on that well, I guess that's a perspective thing. Uh, Texas, where I live, is very spread out. So don't really have a lot of traffic. I guess in the major cities we do, but uh, everybody's biking now. So and, and that combined with being kind of spread out, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I, I've lived in, in Dallas, uh, close to downtown before, and it's a nightmare. Um, as far as... I, I still commute a little bit now, um, and uh, even though I work from home, but I just look at that as a time to learn stuff, you know, podcast bullshit like that. <laughs> so, do you think that there, do you think um, people are going to start flying to work? So, paragliding or jetpacking, or there'll be some kind of device where, like, a, a helicopter on your head that just spins and takes you up, and then people just like sort of land in the car park. Like that does exist. Like the jetpack man, he went across the ocean. Um, actually at like a jetpack and then you've got like the water thing which sucks up the water and then shoots you up there's so many ways to travel but is it likely that people are going to just have like a helipactor a helicopter on their head and they're just going to fly to work like is it reality in our time i don't think so in fact uh, uh people that are telecommuting is it's taken over especially with corona i mean i know uh, a lot of my friends that used to go in the office uh, are now telecommuting, so you know, they're working from home. And um, I think, if anything, they're going to try to figure out how to squeeze, uh, you know, more uh, productivity out of out of uh, telecommuting than than actually going in. Going into the office is kind of antiquated. You realize, like how now people are working from home. You realize how much time is wasted getting up going to work coming home to work like you've got to get up three hours in advance got to leave an hour before for traffic and then when you get home you've got an hour in the traffic like how much time is wasted on somebody else's life like you're working for somebody else paying his bill his mortgage his house his ferrari how much time is wasted like my mum now works from home she's now getting up two hours later than she did she's doing her exercises during the day Otherwise, it'll be after do exercises after work. She's like baking and stuff. She's got more time than she's ever had in her life. And but what's crazy is that if electricity or technology or some something happened to the Earth's magnetic pull, something happened, technology will be destroyed. Now, what do we do? If something happens to the magnetic energy or the MF, which everything now runs on, the more we're now working from home, what happens then? Everything is now dependent on like this invisible thing, which you don't know at any point could just disappear. Now what? Think Corona's a threat. Fuck me. Just imagine if we lost, you know, EMF in the atmosphere. Everything runs on that. That would be a disaster. You know. 
four times worse than a flu outbreak. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and, and that's why I think we have to go, we have to at some point get away from, get away from um, uh, just a consumerism attitude. We have to move towards, uh, you know, uh, um, more of a, uh, of a life cycle of products. You know, you, when you go to the grocery store, you don't think about, is there going to be a, a cart for me? Uh, there, there always is, at least here. And, and we need to start thinking of automobiles and sharing uh, in kind of the same way. Uh, and, and also, time is, is the greatest commodity. I mean, when you talk about commuting to work, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of time that if you're not doing something productive, you're just wasting your life. And uh, you know, it's, 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 um, it should be more about quality of life than it is about money. Yeah. Like I'm 28, right? I don't have money, right? Because I've refused to sacrifice happiness for money, which I see as a trade for somebody else's possession. So somebody builds a house, you want it? Here's the house book because I want to have four other houses, one in the America, one in New York, one in whatever. I'm going to increase that house by four. So now if I want that house, I've got to work four times as hard. I'm so against that because in reality, I'd happily live in a jungle. But of course, you can't just live in a jungle because the council own it or the government own it. So you somebody sees a guy living in a hammock. Susan, you say you can't live there. You can't cook your sausage because you don't have fires. So and I refuse to let like a system take away happiness and if you have everything you need or if you traded for like trade for trade so rather than like i'll give you cash for this if you say i'll cut your grass you give me a bed that's how it has always been that's how it should be you only need money to pay for things that require money as a form of trade and really you're just trading for something you want and if you want to have things that require money then you need to be part of a money system which there's so many middlemen involved the bank the bank interest he wants to get a bit of money. He's got kids to pay. It's fucking the man who built the house. And then he contracted in a bricklayer and he got paid for the cement and the supplier added on some VAT. It doesn't end. So everything's like increased by 30%. So just to even get a fucking tent costs a hundred quid. Which means you've got to like slave your ass off just to get a hundred pound for a tent. And that's before you've even got the bloody sleeping bag, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How does that feel when you move around the world and you see people that are, kind of tied to that materialism and consumerism do you do you have friends that share that idea or so i'm pretty much um and i'm on my own lone wolf i do not know anybody apart from online who i you know speak to who thinks like me almost everyone i know has gone down the the structured life path they've got a girlfriend the boyfriend they've got a, they were renting then then it was too expensive to pay somebody else's bill so you get a mortgage you know that cycle then you get a dog and they think let's have a kid let's have another kid boy and a girl i want another one and then the husband's like fuck this i'm not getting any sex and then he starts having an affair and then a few years later she finds out then she goes to the pub tells her friends about how he cheated on me and all this nonsense and then fighting over custody it's the same bullshit i see it i can see it happening like I've always been aware, like I've seen generations before and now my generation's getting there. I'm seeing the same cycle because it is the same cycle. And so I see, what was your question? Uh, just when you look around and see materialism and how that affects the way you think. So I always wanted everything materialistic, hence why I wanted to be like a billionaire, not because I particularly need money, just because I want to be free of my thought so if i want to suddenly go to africa to give an, an african uh, a well 
for water. I can just do it like that. If I want to go out for Chinese, I can. I don't want to be restricted. Um, so that's why I want money. But when I see everyone else with materialistic stuff, like they're going on holiday, they're going traveling, they've got a big flat screen TV. I'm like, yeah, I'd like that. But I know if I got that, I'd want someone else. And then someone else and then someone else and then someone else like an electric bike. And then you want a faster electric bike. So it doesn't it doesn't end. And because I know that I'm smart enough not to go down those paths to know that I'd have to come back. So I've sort of been in the same position for a long time now because I've explored everything to find happiness, sex, girlfriend. What is it I wanted to the point where I know the only thing that makes you happy is truly not needing anything in life. And then you look at the system. Everything's about something materialistic. And then you think, okay, well, I want that because everyone else does. But then you think, actually, that's not going to make me happy. It's not going to make them happy. So again, you go back into your own thoughts of just appreciating what you have. And then you realize, fuck, I'm going to be at home living forever if I can't find fucking 400 grand to buy a house. And that's before I've got Wi-Fi, electricity, you know, free view, a TV, fucking Alexa, and then got to pay Alexa subscription, you know. And it's just like you're following a leader off a cliff. And there's no there's no way back apart from just to sort of be content at the top of the cliff with just a few bit of grass, bit of tree, bit of birds, because essentially that is all you have. And that's all you need. A few bits of grass, trees and a bird. Um, I do grieve the normal lifestyle, but then I know the grass isn't always greener. So you see like them, the happy side of having your own house and be able to cook. What you don't see is all the shit that you have to do to make that work. Um yeah, it's just not. Yeah. How do you reconcile that with us being we're also social creatures? And so, like, I'm surprised I'm saying this, but uh, having uh, a family depend on you for things and, and helping them improve and 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 kind of the, the foundation for that kind of requires certain things. So in your life, I don't know you that well, but, uh, you know, as far as being a social creature, what do you have friends or you have family? What what's your scene like over there? So I have my mum, dad, and my sister. I don't have friends. I don't see friends. Not because I don't want friends. I love people. I get on with every single person. It's just whether I want to see them. Like, what do they give me? I know what I can offer, but do they do they turn me on? Like, do you give me like some excitement when I'm with you? Do I want to see you again? That's the hard part. Finding people who stimulate me as much as walking in the woods by myself stimulates me. So it's if you're choosing the, the thing that makes you the happiest, walking by myself out in a storm makes me so happy that going down the pub, for example, with negative people moaning about their lives, it doesn't do it for me. So I'd rather just do nothing. So when I find a connection, I love it. And it's amazing. Um, but I don't have people I see. Um, I wish I had people who I connect with who lives near me. But that's not how it works. Like The big energies are spread out around the world. And all the weak energies are all attracted together to create one big energy. Again, it all comes down to wisdom. You don't grieve something that you kind of never had. Like if you never had a father figure growing up, you wouldn't know what it's like to have a father figure. So you don't grieve it. Whereas if you had a father and that father passed away or whatever, you would grieve it. So I believe that if you don't have something, you don't know it exists. And you only want something that you think exists. So you see everyone else having TVs and Xboxes and whatever. And you grieve, you want it because you see it. But then if you just were a monk in the jungle who's just happy sitting on a rock meditating, he's happier than everyone. And if it comes down to who's happy, the monk's happy. <laughs> so uh, 
like I have friends in my life and, and basically when I, when I converse with them or, or meet with them for lunch, we're just exchanging data. And so, <laughs> like you said about, it's, you know, it's a conversation, but in reality, it's just exchanging data. But um, it's fascinating to me because I can, they're, they're intellectuals and I can kind of, uh, you know, I, I like listening to what they have to say. So, but I'm, I'm kind of in a, in a big city. Is it because you're in a smaller town or are you in a smaller town? That you don't have these people like this so i believe that let's just say you know the term an apple doesn't fall far from the tree yeah yes just imagine that you have an, an oak tree and it's got say i don't know loads of acorns on it as those acorns drop more trees will grow around that oak tree over time when that tree creates more oak trees and more oak trees that the distance will get bigger and bigger and bigger I'm somebody who's learnt my knowledge through people in, say, other countries, say, Buddha in wherever Buddha came from, Jesus in Israel, right? Gaddafi or not Gaddafi, um, some other spiritual person in another country, yeah? They're all over the world. And obviously, I'm not, I can't walk to Jerusalem to find Jesus. So I have to learn from, say, his Bible book, which is online. So I'm getting the knowledge and the wealth of another human being that is so evolved from the people around here that I have to go outside to find it. So now my mindset is of that person. But yet the people around me are made up of the same energies around them, which is just the same old bullshit, basically. So um, what was the question? Just remind me. Uh, well, I was talking about, you know, what, why in, do in, people, why, in, why are people in, not? in denser cities? Um, you'll find more intellectuals just because there's more people and there's more, you know, uh, it's just a different way of thinking. I noticed in at least around here in, in, in urban areas there's you know it's just i don't know people don't have a lot of ideas to bounce off other people so uh, that's why i was wondering if you kind of came from a small town are you in a metropolitan city so intellectual um it's like saying am i smart or am i wise and i used to say that i'm really smart like the smartest person and i was like no because smart is education it's intellectual it's what you're taught yeah whereas wisdom I'm a wise person. I know stuff that I haven't learned, but everyone can gain from. Whereas knowledge is intellect, which means someone has to learn it. So intellectual beings, you know, just a typical school system, English, science, maths, you know, that's intellectual. People around me, they're very university, college, school, you know, go through the system. So they have a lot of knowledge. The type of people who would be good at a quiz, they have a lot of answers. So they're intellectual, right? They're all over the place. But you can right. say that's why I don't get on with these people because they were robotic. They went to school. Their professor said that, you know, cancer is genetic. So if you get it, the only way to solve it is through chemo. And I'm like, well, hang on a sec. Genes don't turn themselves on and off. Disease is created by thoughts and environment. So believing that cancer exists in the first place means you're likely to get it because you believe it's the possibility of getting it. So that would be intellect versus wisdom. Monk would say that if you're just in harmony with yourself, a body at ease can't be diseased. Whereas uh, somebody university is intellectual would say it's in the genes and because it came from his grandmother to his mother and then he got it. That's intellectual. So there's plenty of people like that around me, but I'm the complete opposite. You know, you know, we have the ability to heal ourselves versus you need a doctor, you need medicine to heal yourself. Um, so yeah, there are intellects all around me. But the small city thing, it's not whether it's big or small. If I was say in London, there's billions of university educated people everywhere. If I was in Texas... There wouldn't be many, I'd say, you know, university people there either. 
So what's what knowledge would the Texas people have? I don't know, farming, nature, trees, <laughs> chopping down wood, how to build a cabin. You know, that's like you could call intellect versus the people in London, you know, about stocks and economy, economy and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's based on the people. I think it's just my brain, my my wisdom of who I've studied and where they are or where they've where they've been, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think it's interesting because, um, you know, if you have people around you that are uh, sounding boards and, and they may may or may not be people that they're out of box thinkers, they may be, like you say, just you know, memorization people. Uh, but I, I'm just curious if, if you had anybody locally that you met with on a regular basis. And the reason why is because psychologically it helps keep us kind of in check. Uh, uh, if, if, here's a great example. If you've ever seen a guy that lives alone and doesn't interact with women very much, they tend to go down a certain path. And I, when I go visit their domicile, I can tell uh, that, you know, just, just by looking around. All the tissues not, in the bin. Well, that, and there's not much, <laughs> there's not much beauty, beauty in their lives because I've done the same thing. Yeah, me too. And, yeah. So uh, that's what I was curious about, uh, about kind of where, you know, uh, do you live in an urban area? Is it metropolitan? Um, not so much, uh, you know, are people just regurgitating knowledge that they've heard? Because I agree, I think it's more interesting if if I hear someone processing it and, and I, can, I can tell they're processing it and, and filtering out what they think is, is correct or not correct and, and building this kind of a strategy for life. I don't know whether I live in an urban, rural area. I don't know what those terms are so I, could, I couldn't answer that question it doesn't have any relevance to my life but in terms of people keeping you in check like when I was when I was 18 to 18 when I left college when I stopped seeing everyone at college I literally became a hermit in my room I was doing websites everything online I wasn't seeing anyone stopped seeing people I stopped eating stopped drinking my sleep patterns fucked I didn't drink. I was sweaty, spotty, greasy hair. I was a mess. That typical hermit. And to the point where you go out, you're not used to being around people and even lights in like places. So you go back in your box and you become this hermit and you can't speak to people like we're creatures who need to be around other creatures. And I found myself like that. And because I became aware of this, I had to do the opposite. I had to keep going out all the time, four times a week to the club by myself to get that confidence back. So, yeah, it's very important that we are out people do keep you in check like you sort of buy your own bullshit in your head your wisdom and somebody says you know what you're a fucking idiot like you talk a lot of shit <laughs> or you're not as good looking as you think and like how oh, fucking dare he and then you're like do you know what he's got a good point because then you start to question yourself like if somebody questions you you think well i need to override that to tell myself that he is wrong and i'm right so you go through the ways of that's what that's why he thought he was right to justify that you're still right but if you can't find an answer to just to counteract that bit that he said, you're like, shit, he is right. I was wrong. And if you don't have that, you just sort of, your ego kicks in of thinking that everything you think is correct until you go out and they're like, no, it's nonsense. And I love people questioning me because I am smart, but I love it when people question me to the point where I got questioned my own self because knowledge changes all the time. Nothing stays the same. Like Einstein relativity was this 50 years ago. And now people are like, no, it's not bollocks so at some point everything changes because it's all based on the moment and their perspective now um i love oh yeah i said being in check is, is crucial for a, a, the evolving human because 
you need to keep up with knowledge and you need to make sure your knowledge is still relevant. And if you don't see people to put you in check, you still think that your belief system your dad taught you 25 years ago when you were a kid is is gospel because he's your dad. But if someone says, that's it's nonsense, he was wrong, you would never know. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I, and I, I don't think it, at least on, online and, and social media, people don't look at other people as a process. So when I meet someone, uh, uh, you know, maybe they're early in their process of figuring out life or whatever. Uh, but I, I find that really interesting. And what's great about podcasts is if you listen carefully, people are broadcasting their insecurity and their phobias without without saying it. <laughs> you know, it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's something something powerful about seeing someone vulnerable, not in a way that you can exploit it, but just seeing right. that we're all the same. Like somebody else is just like me. He's just vulnerable, different mm-hmm. vulnerabilities, but somebody just talking and you realize, wow, he doesn't even realize that what he's saying, I can see that, you know, it's just powerful. It just shows that we're all the same. We're all humans. We've all got shit and everyone's just trying right. to get by. That's so you feel connected I, for everyone. I, I enjoyed uh, interviewing homeless people for a while because they have no filter and no reason to lie. And so everything is just this raw honesty is the way they see it. And I, I just loved it. It was crazy. Yeah, I had an idea of like podcasting homeless people, people you wouldn't ask, like the milkman or the postman, you know, giving the postman an opportunity to speak or a homeless guy. Just the story of like, you know, his dad abused him, his kid died of cancer, oh, Jesus Christ, he lost his house, oh my God, that's raw, that's powerful, and it makes everyone really think, shit, my life could be a lot worse, and I think it's shit. He's like, no, that is shit, like, and that person's still alive, like, he might be on the streets, but he's still alive, and he's still trying to be a good person. I watched a video online about how they did a test where they dropped a wallet in front of a homeless guy with a thousand pounds in, and the homeless guy says, excuse me, you dropped your wallet. And then because he did that good deed, the YouTuber gave him money and then he bought all of his homeless friends food. Yeah, I he think I've like, seen that. He bought like 20 boxes of fish and chips and gave them all out. And then the yeah. YouTuber was filming from a distance and then he came back and was like, he gave him take 10 grand or something for being generous. Um, yeah, it just makes you realize that what you think you want isn't what you want. Like you think you want a girlfriend, a marriage and a house and a mortgage. And you get it's like, I can't stand this bitch. Everywhere I look, she's there. He's next to me again. <laughs> you know, you need to have, you need to lose things to realize what you want. And you need to have what you think you want to know it's not what you want. I agree. Every, uh, yes. If you think you might be gay, suck a cock because you don't want to be married with kids, fantasizing about sucking a cock and then losing your whole family when you suck a cock and you realize, actually, that was my 14-year-old fetish, which I never did because I thought society says it was wrong. You've got to get it yeah. out of your head now. If you wanted to fuck an escort, black person, Thai lady boy, whatever, get it out of your head because it will stay in your head until you do it. And I was that person. I had so many thoughts in my head <laughs> that I couldn't do because, you know, my dad says, oh, just stop stop being obsessed. And it's like it's playing on your head even more. Mum says, why are you going to the casino? I've got to go to lose to realize I shouldn't be going rather than telling me not to because then I'm 50 years old with a house and a mortgage and I'm spending my bloody pension on the on the the roulette and then you lose everything you've got to get every thought out your head everything i I, I live life a hundred percent and when i fuck up it's a hundred percent and i do exactly what you said i someone tells me the fire's hot i will touch it 
Just <laughs> okay, let's see. Yeah, like uh, we only learn through pain. I have a scenario that I make up. So when I was teaching my parents over the last whatever years, it was just too complicated to explain a wisdom. It takes like four minutes to explain something. So I created like analogies, like jacket scenario, which means you've got to forget your jacket and freeze in order to remember next time. You can't rely on your friend to give you a jacket because then you never remember to bring yours. I have a scenario called the anal scenario, which is don't knock it unless you've tried it which means don't say you don't like something until you've done it. Until you've had a cock up your ass, don't say you don't like it because you don't know. So try things before you restrict them. People in their life, they they rule out things before they've even done it. Like I bit into a strawberry when I was a kid and I don't like strawberries. And then you realise, actually, I smelt the strawberry. I didn't even eat it. But yeah, I still think I don't like strawberries, right? So all these scenarios I created, just so when a situation came up, I could be like, Mum, don't say you don't like olives. Anal scenario. You don't even bloody tried an olive, yeah? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we have to truly learn through pain. You've got to touch that plate when someone says it's hot to, to tell yourself that it is or it isn't. Because it's some, hot to somebody else. Mine will be hot to you. Just imagine they put a hot plate down. They say, I'm just going to go into the kitchen to get an oven glove. And by the time they've found the oven glove, the food's cold. Whereas if you touch that plate... He said, I can do it. I can move it from A to B. She wasted all her time going into the kitchen. You put it there. The job is done. But because she said it was hot, don't touch it. You've not touched it. And you're like, well, hang on a second. It's not even hot. Hot to you, but not hot to me. So we need to feel that pain and experience to realize you've got to feel stuff. Like, feel it. It's not Pain's not nice, but it's human nature. How many animals feel fear in the wild when they're under attack that feeling of i might not have any food for days as the line wanders through the kingdom you know got to feel pain like people have to be punched in the face in order to not be a prick okay you can't be like you can't be like don't fight boys and girls you get arrested you've got to be punched (laughs) in the face otherwise he's going to be a larry prick forever he's got to feel that pain that he's inflicting on others to not be a twat and again we are trying to make everything perfect in a non-perfect world i agree and that I love the yin and yang of, of life about that. I love the fact that I have to, I go through pain in a workout in order to feel amazing the rest of the day. And, and, and I feel like our, it's, I don't know, especially for men, if you're not pushing yourself, uh, it comes out in different ways of people taking pills for everything. Um, and I, 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 I used to go to therapists and, and psychiatrists all the time and they were trying to push pills on me. And it wasn't until, about four years ago, I started working out heavy that I realized I could regulate these depression feelings just by pushing my body. And, you know, none of them said that. None of them said try to med- or meditate, you know, which has helped as well. But it's, it's just amazing. You know, when I talk to you uh, a lot of times, Oliver, I can almost see the springs in your head popping out. You're, <laughs> I'm amazed you can listen to anyone because... I can see uh, the thoughts in your face, in your eyes. It's interesting. <laughs> Would you say you, you're amazed I can listen? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I, it seems like we have something in common. We, we're, we're actually thinking while the other person's talking. I do it all, all the time. And I have to force myself to listen because I, I, I have this thought and I want to get it out. I'm like a two-year-old so bad that I'm afraid I'm going to forget it or something. I don't know. So remember, remember, I said I had Tourette's, right? And you yes. know, the, the the doctors at that point, it's incurable. Here's medicine, because and then you know the twitching stops. 
no one ever said meditation. That was the solution. Right. It was medication, which was the problem, right? Mm-hmm. But that that's just that's just what it is. Like these exercise was, you could say, the cure. But yet all this fucking medicine and therapy bullshit. That's the problem because you're not. It's just it's, the problem is in your head. So you take medicine; it's still in your head. When you exercise, stuff happens. Like stuff, you raise your energy. Um, and yet, when I was younger, for example, my dad used to, you know, sit down and talk to me. And every time he would like say another word, a, a thought, an idea, and I'd try and speak, and he said, "Let me finish." And I said, "Draw myself crazy." Like all I could think was just to, him to stop to get out my why words. And then I realized that what I was thinking is not relevant. It was a trigger. It was relevant to like a single thing you said and every thought goes to another thought and a tangent. Like what I do, I suddenly speak and what was the question? So that's like how it works. If you just go down a path, when you get to the end, all that is irrelevant because the whole point of the whole thing is going down a path. So all these thoughts along the way are not relevant because you're going down a path to go somewhere else. So I had to master listening because that's something I can never do. Now, I kind of speak like I'm a robot. I'm so good at listening that when I'm saying with friends or people I meet, I'm listening like I'm on a podcast. Well, as you look at conversation between two people, it's backwards and forwards. It's all over the place. So it's like I've done something so good that I seem robotic. <laughs> what what kind of meditation do you do? What do you practice? I just sit down, stand up, and not think. Like this morning, I just went for a walk, sat on a bench, and just didn't think. And every time a thought comes in, you just don't process that thought. And then you hear a bird tweeting, a dog barking, some bloke shagging in the back of the car over there. And you see like, you know, somebody shouting at his wife over here and you see like a mole digging up a hole there. You just become aware of all these sounds. And then when you focus on those sounds for, say, five seconds and then that other noise of five seconds, that becomes like 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Before you know, you're doing a minute of meditation and you've not thought about anything because you're using a different part of the brain to listen or observe and the less part of the brain you used to think the weaker it gets like if you don't go to the gym your brain gets uh, if you your muscles get tired so you can't lift as much next time and simply meditation is just not going to the gym as often so you can't lift as many weights the next time mm-hmm. that's why it truly is powerful yeah i i kind of do the same thing but I've gotten to the point, and because what you're saying, it, I do that as well. I listen, and it forces you to be in the now. But what's interesting about it, I've come to the level, I've been doing it for about, a, uh, I don't know, a couple of years now. I can actually look at my thoughts when they enter my consciousness and treat them like an icon or something. I can look at it and, and, and think, why did this thought come in? And, we, and I can have like a, a dialogue, and then I can release it and then wait for the next thought. But I... I'm really interested in this in the sense that uh, I'm also into genetics. So I don't believe in free will. I believe that we, uh, we, we just, we don't, we're not the author of our thoughts. And so it's interesting to me, to me that uh, my, my body is creating these chemicals that are creating these thoughts and I get to examine them and find out, uh, you know, uh, almost have a postmortem. Yeah. So when, when people think, they're like waiting for the train that never comes. It's almost like they're trying to catch up on their thoughts. Like, I'm just going to process this, then I'll stop. And then another one comes in, then I'll stop. And then before you know it, days, weeks, years have gone past. So right. the thing about Paul observing that thought, and is it relevant to think about it now? Where did it come from? Do I need to think about that thought? 
And if yes, you think about it. If no, then you don't. That's powerful because in terms of the brain, the only difference there is becoming aware of I'm about to think versus just in that motion of thinking, like emails that don't stop coming, like so many emails. I just respond to this one and then you go on again. It's fucking more and then more and more and more and more and more. I am subscribed. You know, when you everyone has billions of emails from every company and people just go through the motion of looking and subscribing and whatever. And then when I was 21, I unsubscribed to all emails and my inbox was empty. And my dad would say I closed down loads of tabs on my computer because my computer used to have loads of tabs open. Everything I'd have another idea. Bang, bang, bang. Fucking loads of tabs, loads of ideas, loads of notes. And then I shut all the tabs down, which is the same as learning to meditate. No thoughts, no tabs, no emails, unsubscribing. Filter out the bullshit that's coming into my inbox. Filter out the thoughts that are coming into your head. And then that's when you really master life because that is life. Just being still, being present. Um, I agree. I believe that meditation is the cure to every single disease and problem. Everything. There's six genetic stuff like a blood disease, a bone disease. But all diseases like, you know, cancer, stroke, diabetes, dementia, ADHD, they're all part of a thought and an environment. It's created by a diet, something you did, something you heard. All disease can be cured, solved by meditation, everything. I even believe autism is solved by meditation because you think what autism is, is somebody's highly smart, can't socialize, is in his head. Everyone else is outside their head. These people can socialize and get on and read anyone, but they don't choose to because they don't feel the same as them because they have a time to know who they are themselves within their head. Whereas everybody else doesn't have time to learn who they are because they're too busy being everyone else. So they don't they choose not to be with people. Whereas you look at the autistic person as he can't be with people. It's like you've no idea that he even knows why you're saying that. He knows why you know that he can't be with people and that you call it autism. And he knows that autism is just the name to define his mindset. Too smart to the point where he doesn't even need to justify it. He's just doing what he's doing. If you suddenly speak to an autistic person and they open up so smart, so confident, so mature, it's incredible. And if you think that meditation is about stopping thoughts and people say in a social situation, they think and they do. Let's go out, let's do this. And they follow it. If you didn't have those thoughts in the first place, you'd have time for yourself. So you would have gone into yourself. You'd know who you are. Then you can choose to go out. Whereas at that time in your life, if you don't have that alone time you're just following the motion of stuff and if you're not kind of on that train you're going to miss that train which is when the autism kicks in when you go into your head as opposed to being outside your head so autism could have been solved by you know meditation in the early stages of knowing what life is who you are you know this is Tourette's it's just excessive brain activity OCD trying to find order and clarity in your life others say you have a shit of a house you're obsessed can't you just put that book there and she can't even find the damn book. ADHD, active brain, ADD, active brain, whatever, you know, dementia, where you weigh your brain out from going into your head too much of the time. Um, I just need to put my, uh, charge my Mac in, but you, you can carry on. Sure. You, you can yeah, I, I find it interesting because uh, people, if you've ever been lost in a, in a movie and kind of lost track of time, you're, you're, you're just enthralled with it. Uh, I see people every day that are lost in their own movie in their head 
and they don't even realize it's playing in the background. It's kind of like you were talking about those tabs. There's so many tabs open that they can't even focus on 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 what's actually happening in the moment. And and so they're walking around kind of daydreaming or sleepwalking their whole lives. So it's 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 interesting to to see that and and to ask questions when when I see that happening to people. And, and I understand it because a perfect storm for me would be I'm hungry, uh, I'm worried about something at work, and you know the traffic's bad. So you know, I, but at, through meditation, I can catch it. I can feel my negative energy instantly and then address it. Where is this coming from? Let's let's think about these possibilities. And do I, it's like a superpower. Do I want to feel terrible? I have the choice right now to not feel terrible or not to be upset. And man, I can't tell you how many times it saved my ass. It's amazing. Yeah, so many, um, so many people, they are in the, the motion of, of the motion, which means whatever their brain is, it still is because it's just them. It's like if you if somebody has experienced abuse when they're younger, that they are still that person, even though they are 40 years old. You know, that's just the number. But that brain that it's still today. It's it happened yesterday, which is why grieving any past trauma, pain, negative energy. You've got to grieve it. You have to grieve it. And it's crazy how many people like they lose somebody and they don't grieve because it hurts. I'm like, if you just grieve that once, go through that pain say goodbye to them in your mind, accept the fact they're gone, you'll be a free person. But instead, people for years and years and years, just they don't grieve. And it all comes down to feeling something, whether it's love or pain. People are scared to feel things different to what they were feeling yesterday. It might be overwhelming. I've, I've had people that have, friends that have lost people. And I, I don't know if psychologically, they it took them years to even approach, you know, as far as dealing with it. So... And and I've been told uh, through professionals that our our mind has like a safety valve. So if we're not ready to process certain uh, bad things that happened in our lives or losing someone, that it'll actually store that in the back of your mind and your subconscious. The problem is, is it acts it, it you act it out on a daily experience until you do deal with it. But uh, yeah, I think meditation can help that as well. Um, you know, when you start asking questions about why I'm thinking certain things, it, it, it gets you back to kind of the root cause of, oh, you know, maybe it's this or maybe it's that. And I, I had no idea what a negative son of a bitch I was. And how, until I started meditating, I realized, you know, I was just a grumpy bastard all day. And, and, and you know, I felt so justified in it. I couldn't believe it, you know, but... Uh, it's terrible to be around for sure i don't i truly i don't i truly don't believe or i don't truly believe that people can be free working for someone else now let's just say you want to heal humanity and all their problems it's just not possible right it's just not possible to make everyone happy because imagine that people are unhappy because their brain is the thoughts of their boss or they've got to do that for eight hours until they can process their own thoughts People haven't got time to process their own thoughts doing fucker one a weekend, let alone four hours after you finish work in between doing the kids, going to the gym, doing this, doing that. No one's got time to do any of that shit. You, in order to really heal yourself, you need to have like hours by yourself to give yourself enough time to know who you are. 
And if you've got mortgage to pay, bills to pay, kids to feed, you're never going to have that time. You're waiting for a train. You're waiting for a train that never arrives. People will never truly be free within unless you work for yourself. And the reason why humanity is fucked is because humanity is built on 99% of people working for somebody else, paying for somebody else's bills and possessions. As a, as a race, you want to heal everyone. It's not possible because if you did heal everyone, everyone wouldn't be working. And if you worked for yourself, who's going to be working for you? So you're going to be doing it yourself. So what's the whole point of being a boss? You know, everyone who to be free, you need to be in control of your brain, acting on your own thoughts and not somebody else's thoughts. And the way society is set up is you've got to work X amount of hours to pay all your bills, which is X amount of time. And the amount of time you need to know who you are, the maths doesn't add up. It's like your bill is eight grand and you only earn six grand. You need, say, 100 hours worth of thinking time by yourself, which means you need every weekend for the whole year if you work during the week. And if you've got bills to pay, you need to be working every day. And then you've got to put the kids to bed, wipe their ass. It's just not possible. And if you were to give everyone that time, there'd be no companies because nobody working for them. There'd be no corporations. There'd be no jobs. There'd be really no politics because people can't pay for the politicians to campaign themselves. Society is set up like this. You could say it's man-made by like Rothschilds and all that nonsense, or it's just the way it is. And we've only evolved because it's like this, you know? Let me retort with a bit of a hack. Uh, so I've been with this same company for about 20 years. I literally work about two hours a month and I get paid around 100000 a year U.S. Uh, and my fiance makes double that and works even less a month. So we have so much time. I mean... I, I get what you're saying when you think about the standard person working a standard job. Well, I would say you're not the typical, that is not the typical nine to five, Monday to Friday, got to be in at seven. You're not part of that category. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. And I hope my boss never sees this. <laughs> yeah, to me, that's like, yeah, to me, that's like, you're not employed, you're contracted, you're your own boss. For, for that perfect dynamic of that amount, for that amount of time, you're essentially working for yourself, even though you're not. But I'm talking about the the usual structure. I mean, not the CEOs and, you know, the board of directors. I'm talking about the bottom end of the, the typical usual nine to five employee job. That's right. what I'm on about. Because essentially well, you're I, like a boss and that doesn't apply to yeah. bosses. Well, I think the whole system is is messed up. There's a guy named Daniel Schmachten, Schmachtenberger, I think his name is. And... Uh, he thinks that we're kind of ending uh, an era of, of this consumerism. And I love his ideas about, about you know, the fact that we, we're just we're, we're on this rock and we're just using up all the resources. It's, it has to end. There's no good end to this story. Right. And 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 so I, I'm, I'm excited about what we're going to do next. I want to know. I want to be a part of that if I can. And the new renewable energy, you know pay not paying people because they sit there and lick envelopes for for eight hours a day you know actually doing something i, I love technology i'd rather robots did everything and then we just you know uh let, let the let all the boats rise with the tide not just mine everyone you know uh and it is you know even under capitalism it's just that the capitalism was great while it lasted but it's just it's unsustainable yeah, all good things come to an end. I mean, think about how much gold's on the planet. 
you know, I'm sure there is a lot more gold, but let's just say that there's a limited amount of gold and then you start creating laptops and phones of gold. Unless you reuse old gold from laptops and phones, you need to get more gold. But if there's no more gold, then what do you do? And this is like the same thing. We've created everything with workers doing all the hard, shitty work. Now they don't do it anymore. So now what happens? Well, the companies collapse. It's as simple as that. Exactly. So it is, it is, it is a U-term. Because then what happens is that they don't borrow as much from the banks. And so the interest rate goes down to get people in. Eventually, there's so many other people lending that the interest rate goes down even more, even more, even more. And everything becomes an equal trade. I believe that everything's going to be trading at a pound at some point. So a laptop, an iPhone, you know, everything's going to be a pound. And what that means is that it's going to be there's going to be so much of everything and everyone offering the same service that Paul can't charge 100 grand a year because there's a billion other pools out there charging five pounds. Like when the petrol thing happens, like the crisis petrol, right? Petrol stations compete because they keep dropping the price. And so that if they want to compete, you've got to keep going down and down and down and down and down. So what happens now is that petrol is selling for, say, a pound. The Arabs, Arabs, Iranian people, whatever, do the oil. They can't charge their whatever it is, billion pound a barrel, because no one's buying it because Mr. Someone else over there is charging less. So now you've got to go down. And now if he wants a shot, he's got to go below. It's the same for car washing, hairdressing. Barbers are charging like nine pound a haircut. It'd be eight pound, then it'd be seven pound. And because everything's at that state standard, you then can't start charging food in restaurants, a bottle of water, two pound. You, you just keep going down. And that's what you, I would say is like, the stock market after a big um, recession, it sort of just crumbles and it just sort of hovers on like, you know, one to two, one to two, one to two. It just hovers and it will just sort of just stay there because every idea now is out in the open. You can't think of an idea and then seven years time, somebody comes over from China physically, sees it, goes back, takes seven years to build it. And so it's 14 years for somebody to nick your idea. Now you put an idea out there, whole fucking world's seen it. Everyone's doing it. So nothing will have value very soon. Nothing. Because everything is built on like that extra money, the extra value. But now he's like, well, I'll do it for cheaper. And I'll do it for cheaper. No, 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 no. I'll do it for cheaper. And now you're starting to bid. <laughs> so yeah, everything is very soon changing. Like, you know, America's stock market. That's going up because everyone's buying. But the bigger you are, the harder you fall. Some people were going to make money, but then the rest are not. So it's good, but what happens when it crashes? Everything's built on that. Everyone's making money. Everyone, I employ you, you know, and then it crashes. It's like the technology thing. What happens when technology fucks off? We're fucked. This won't happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't care if you're the best programmer on the planet. At some point, AI is going to be programming better than you. So where do we go when AI, you know, can do? It's already putting uh, uh, these doctors that went to school for for eight years to be radio, you know, to read radiology. It can see grays ten times better than the human eye. So it's detecting cancer and 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 X rays. And, uh, you know, the, the, these are people that put their whole life savings into going to school, you know. And I, I th another thing I, I, to build on what you said about, about uh, you know, everything uh, becoming cheaper and cheaper, uh, at least around me, I'm seeing more homeless tents and tent villages. 
So what it's what's happening is they're 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 squeezing um people humanities uh, humanity so hard that we're now have a, a whole class of of people that are just said fuck it I'm gonna live on the streets yeah yeah and, yeah and 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 what they're doing is they're squeezing their own customers the more homeless rates go up which is going up astronomically every year you're these companies don't understand they're losing people that would be okay to buy their product just because they're squeezing the shit out of everyone and uh and what it the the wealth gap just gets bigger and bigger you have the have and have nots you know see it all goes down to you've got a dead a dead zebra right and then a, a lion comes across it eats as much as he can because he can until other lions come and then he fucks off okay everyone's like seeing where the carcass is and they're all just grabbing it like it's the last meal <laughs> companies are not thinking about growth they're thinking about making as much now because they know that at some point it's going to end which right. is a reality some point other lions are going to come across and take some of that food so you have to just eat as much as you can now you can't just say i'm gonna find another car because i'm gonna share this so that's like saying a big corporation at the top shouldn't be taking all the profits now paying minimum wage because at some point um he will get more of this back if he gives his employees a good wage that's not how it works and so what we're seeing is that people are just taking everything now until there's a crash which there will be if you eat that meat it's only a matter of time till other lions are going to come and even if this line starts to share its food other lines might not even if a big corporation starts paying its employees say twice the minimum wage he will lose out because he's paying twice the minimum wage versus other companies who are paying minimum because of the amount of money they would have saved to get you know to to keep growing in the long run so you you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't so now you understand why everyone's just doing it for themselves because that is life sadly life is about putting one before two when you have enough food you can share but when you haven't then you take for yourself there's been no other animals have like supermarkets bringing deliveries for us and amazon dropping off like food it's unheard of the animal kingdom you have to fight for what you've got and some days you might be lucky where you've got enough to share and some days you you don't we are no different as much as we like to think we are and that's the conflict between what we see is right and what is reality we are seeing you need to be a nice person you need to do this and then you see the other half of humanity, like just grabbing and not giving a shit and being selfish. <laughs> and then the nice people who share end up getting shat on. And so then they become selfish and they start taking. So it's like doggy dog, eat or get eaten. And the reality is, if you don't eat, you're going to get eaten. So it, I've realized this now that there is no one way in life. There is so many ways, circumstantial if you're around people who are going to take, you better take as much as you can. If you're around givers, the secret is to give and you'll get loads back. It's not yeah. just like one way for humanity, like killing is wrong versus killing is right. If they're going to kill you, you should be able to kill. But the court system says, you know, if he swung first and then you punched him and punched him twice, which killed him, that extra punch means that you couldn't, you didn't need to do that. So then you go to prison and then they forget about the fact that he was going to, you know, he was going to kill you first. It's not just black and white nothing it's not and it, i heard her saying uh the best place to store extra food is in your friend's belly and i like that uh yeah because uh animals do this too they'll 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 tackle something and then 
you know, they, a lot of times they won't even get the best part of the zebra or whatever they, they kill. And, but I think that's interesting. You know, if you have that type of mentality where you're trying to help the people around you, your, your immediate small tribe, I think that that really translates uh, and can translate, translate to, you know, global uh, area. Oh, got a meat wagon. Someone must have uh, got hurt. Do you hear that? Um, yeah, so um, again, it's all dependent on your tribe. You know, you've got to be around people like yourself, so you wouldn't know the different mindset. If you're all around people who give, it'd be unheard of to be around somebody who's taking from you because you're not used to it. So this one rule of, you know, take before you're taken on share, you have to have been around other tribes. And there's millions, thousands of different tribes and mindsets and belief systems. I agree. And uh, genetically, we're kind of coded. We're not really, we're, we have this old hardware. We're coded for small, you know, 10 to 30 people. And so I, I think that that's, that's not helping us, you know, to think globally and to think long-term strategies for our children's children, stuff like that. But uh, it's interesting when you, when you get it together, you know, we are, I have, I'm one of these people with a lot of friends that I, that I have uh, a lot of close friends and uh, they're from all walks of life, rich, poor, homeless, you know, and I love getting them together in a, in a room and feeding them and just watching them talk. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like, having like problems. having a rich man in a big, you know, three million house talk to a homeless person. <clears throat> you would never ever kind of think to speak to somebody like that, but when you do it, Jesus Christ, it puts you your shit into perspective. Like hearing the stories, and now all this nonsense that the rich person's worrying about, like his Mexican gardener didn't um, cut the heads off all the flowers, you know, only some. You're like Jesus. You're like you're like Jesus, man. I had a go at that poor Mexican guy, and you feel bad, and then you realize he's just paying his bills. He's got family to pay. Yeah. No one's perfect. Not robots where you say at the head all the flowers, because reality right. is, if you want it all deheaded, it's going to be there all during the night, and that's just not reality. And then you realize, wow, this poor homeless guy has got nothing, and yet he he provides me a great conversation that my bosses and peers simply cannot do. They can't provide a good conversation. And then you realize, wow, we're just humans connecting. Yeah. And I, yeah. That's why I like your podcast. Uh, I, I, I get the feeling you feel that we're all connected in some organic way. And, and I kind of share the, the same feeling. Like the guy that's driving too slow in front of you, um, you know, it, it's easy to get mad at him but or her. But if you think about it, he's going to die alone in a few years and he's probably going through a ton of shit when you think about it in that level it's like ah it's okay you know do you, do you still listen to my podcast because i know you listen to like loads before we first podcast do you still listen uh i i did before but i've done so many podcasts i try to and i get booked quite a bit so what i do is i try to listen to three or four of them kind of get the gist of what's going on and um uh, it's been a great time uh the last one i was on he he figured out i was in, in a band for years and all he wanted to talk about was my sexual interludes with you know <laughs> with, with groupies i mean he would not get off of it <laughs> that was funny though i mean i, I was honest about it hmm. 
Right, so I'm going to stop this here and I'm going to save any future thoughts for another one. Right, so I'm just going to press stop. First of all, do you want to plug anything whilst you're here? Butt plug? What do you want to plug? Bath plug? Oh, <laughs> um, my website, only six more times, is going back up. I've got a developer that's helping me. It was down for a little while. That's going to be back up. Uh, and just check that out. Uh, it should be really nice in the next couple of weeks. Right, I'm just going to press stop right there. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have many more for you to listen to, so go back and have a look at the old ones. Also, make sure that you have subscribed and notifications are turned on so you know when I've released a new one. Follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. Have a great day.